This is what I call the stock photo trap. And uh, what is a stock photo trap? Well, first of all, look at them. Nobody is, you know, that good looking. And and the kids, they are like small angels with halos on top of their head. And um, then look at their teeth. They are the teeth are you know smiling with this Colgate smile. And um, also they are loaded. And this is probably not your target audience. So this is not how you should make a persona. Hello, and welcome to another exciting conversation on the VWO podcast. In this episode, Moens Miller discusses how e-commerce brands can compete against the industry giants. He also shares some interesting strategies and explains why you must guide visitors on your website instead of just acting as order receivers. But wait, this episode isn't like your regular podcast. It's a unique webinar turned video podcast delivered to you in the form of an exclusive masterclass. So don't forget to hit that follow button to stay updated with our latest episodes. That said, let's join the conversation and learn how you can compete against the big fish. And I want to talk to you just a little bit about Jesper and Anas. Jesper and Anas, they own the bricks and mortar shop called Skibochiken, ski shop in English. And they sell everything you need for your ski vacation Skis, boots, jackets, trousers, helmets, goggles, everything. And they also sell online. They truly love their shops, but they are afraid because their online sales are not increasing as they expected. And they are convinced it's because of the big fish. The big fish are taking their customers, the big marketplaces, the warehouses, the chain shops, etc., etc. And this is actually a situation for a lot of shop owners today that they fear the future. They thought that online shopping was the future, the new source of infinity growth, but it's not anymore. So actually, I talked to a lot of these shop owners in my work at Slicknote, and I asked them, what's your unique selling propositions? What do you do to differentiate from the big fish? And they say, well, Moans, it's obvious. Look at our website. We got price guarantee, we got free shipping, we got huge selection and all this stuff. And then I asked them, do any of, of your competitors also offer free shipping, quick delivery, etc.?" And they are like, yes, we guess. And then I asked them, so are your unique selling propositions really that unique? And they are like, hmm, don't know. Then I asked them, do you have competitors to your bricks and mortar shop as well? And they say, well, yes, of course, a lot primarily the big shops and the marketplaces. And I asked them, what do you do to differentiate from these? And they say, well, Moans, it's simple. We are experts on everything you need for your ski vacation, and we know our target audience very well. So we do everything we can to help people in our physical shop to find the product that matches their needs. And the big chain shops, they are so many employees that naturally they can't all be experts. Then I asked them, have you tried to do the same thing online? And this is often an aha moment for a lot of these shop owners that they are actually able to use some of the same tactics and strategies online that they use offline. So today I'll present some strategies and tactics on how to compete against the big fish. And of course, I know exactly how you can outcompete, for example, Amazon and remove them from the surface. That's also why I get these kind of weird calls from Jeff Bezos all the time. 
Um, no, to be honest, I don't have a magic formula, but I've done a lot of mistakes and I've done a lot of user research and it's the fruit from all these mistakes and all this user research that I will present for you today. So today I will give you three examples of how you can compete against the big fish, including cases and action takeaways. And I'll also give you a three-step process that you can repeat again and again, also including links to templates and guides. How to compete against the big fish, example number one. Imagine that you are about to buy a new pillow. And uh, well, pillows are not something that you buy every day. So it's a bit hard to figure out which pillow to choose. You just see on a big fish website here, uh, a list of pillows where a, a, there's different pictures and a price and a product name, but you don't know what the difference is. And this is actually what I see on a lot of websites today, that most websites are simple order receivers. So most of the time, we as consumers, we don't know exactly what product we want, but we know what kind of product we want. So we maybe know the product category, but not the exact product. So let's look at another website, a bit smaller website, and how they are tackling this same challenge. They are also selling pillows, and they also have this long list of different pillows. But then when they reach around 50% scroll down on the side, they show in this little box saying, do you need help choosing the right pillow? Read our pillow guide here. And then people can click on this, and then they'll reach a guide. I'm sorry, it's in Danish, but on this page, they... Explain the differences on fiber filling, on nature filling, and, you know, giving you all the information you know in order to make a buying decision and buy the right product in this situation. So, takeaway number one on how to compete against the big fish. Don't just be a stupid order receiver. Instead, try to help and guide your visitors to find the right product. Yeah. That's takeaway number one. Let's take it to the next example on how to compete against the big fish. Example number two. Now imagine that you're going on a ski vacation. I don't know how many of you who are watching this um, are skiers, uh, but uh, at least the case here in Denmark, where I'm from, uh, the case is that oftentimes we, know, we don't know the exact destination we want to go to, but maybe we have decided if we want to travel south to... Austria, France, um, Italy, or we want to travel north to Norway, Sweden, or countries like that. And I think this is the case for a lot of skiers that they haven't decided it's, um, on the exact destination. So let's look at how a big fish website is tackling this challenge. So this is Snow Ventures, and when you reach their website and you take the drop down in the top, you just see a long list of different destinations. But the problem is that you haven't decided yet where you want to travel to. You haven't decided on the destination. So what is the problem here? Well, as, as I see it, this website haven't made a real persona. Because this website is trying to target all the skiers in the world. And when you're trying to target all skiers in the world, you're not really targeting any skiers. So this is what you should do. This is a real family. Right? We pull a real family, right? You, could, you, <laughs> you know this is a real family. No, this is bullshit. This is not a real family. This is what I call the stock photo trap. 
And uh, what is a stock photo trap? Well, first of all, look at them. Nobody is, you know, that good looking. And, and the kids, they are small angels with halos on top of their head. And then um, look at their teeth. They are, the teeth are, you know, smiling with this Colgate smile. And um, also, they are loaded. And this is probably not your target audience. So this is not how you should make a persona. No, this is a real family. This is me and my wife, Karina, and my daughter, Augusta. And we are traveling from Denmark, traveling south uh, to Austria. And uh, if some of you listening to this have been on that, um, uh, you know, on that street or that route, uh, you know what happens when you hit Munich in Germany, then this happens. Then we got traffic jam. And um, yeah, that's no fun at all. And also I have my little son, Winston, on the back seat of the car. Um, and, um, you know, isn't he sweet? <laughs> you might even say he's a little angel. Well, I can tell you that he is not an angel. He's actually quite the opposite, if you ask me. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I had a fun time with all these animations. <laughs> So you might imagine, yeah, Winston is sitting here on the back seat, and he's thinking, you know, come on, Dad, what's happening? Why are we not driving? Oh, well, I can just as well let go of a little fart. It might get us driving again. And then this happens. So now we are in a traffic jam in Germany, and little Winston has pooped his diaper. And now we got a real family with real needs and real wishes. And now we can begin to make a persona. So in this case, facts, Müller Buskow family, first time skiing with the kids, needs and wishes, we need a great kids area, no drunk Danish after skiers, that's really important, no drunk Danish after skiers, close to Autobahn and good supermarkets. And with this information, we can now begin to craft our website. And this is actually a real example of a website that is also selling ski vacations. And they have just made this one small difference that instead of just showing one long list of destinations, they have made a kind of destination selector in the top of the website. So here you as a visitor can select, you know, is it important that it's ideal for beginners? Yes, very important. Kid-friendly, also very important. After ski, not that important. And then you can see the list down on below here um, is updating on the fly. So now, instead of just having a long list of destinations, I now have a list of destinations that is ordered by relevance. So I can select, you know, the most relevant destination for me and my family. And this is actually a real case. This is a customer that I've been uh, helping. Uh, and when we did this update on their website, they saw a 19% uplift in bookings. So how to compete against the big fish, takeaway number two. Know your customers and create real personas. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have time today to elaborate a lot on how to make personas, but I've collected uh, some good blog posts, some books and videos about creating personas that you can download on this link. You'll also get a link uh, in the end of the presentation with all the links I share throughout my presentation here. So you can either write this down or you can wait for the the master link later on. That's a little cliffhanger there. <laughs> so 
Um, and just for your information, we did reach our ski destination in Austria. And uh, little Winston and his crazy dad that wanted full value for money after the long car drive got on the slopes as well. Yes. And little Winston says hi. All right. So how to compete against the big fish? Example number three. Now, imagine that the persona here is a young guy traveling to Thailand um, with his friends for the first time. And um, he reached again one of the big fish websites selling a lot of scuba diving masks. Um, and um, he doesn't know which one to choose because it's the first time that he's about to scuba dive. So this was, this was actually a usability test that I did. And in this test, this person went back on Google and reached another website a very small Danish website where they also sell scuba diving masks. And here they are doing a lot of things, but they're doing one very simple and very small thing very, very well. Because when you scroll down here, they have these small badges. One here says perfect for beginners and one uh, down in the, in the corner here, it says ideal for skilled driver, uh, divers. And this actually you know, made the day for this person because he just wanted to get help. He just wanted somebody that told him that this is the mask you need if you are a beginner. And of course, in this situation, he ended up buying this scuba diving mask. So, well, this is actually about creating no-brainers. And, um, and that is kind of like something that websites, in my perspective, should think more about in general. Um, so when you work with your website, assume your visitors are always in a hurry and then try to make these small no-brainers around on your website. And just to give you another example of something similar, um, this is the case. Imagine that you are having guests this weekend and you're going to eat some spicy food and you need a good bottle of wine. Well, let's look at how you can work with these small batches on another website. You know, you need a good bottle of wine. You know, you get some spicy food. So you're scrolling down. Then you're looking at these small batches here. Uh, if I had a pointer, I will point uh, just uh, above the, um, the price. I don't think I can do that with my, with my arrow. No, I can't. Uh, but just above the price, you can see these small icons. Um, and there's one here with a chili icon, which means that this is perfect. Uh, this wine is perfect with spicy food, which is very intelligent in my point of view. And another case, just to illustrate, you can also do this on the mobile. Uh, imagine that you're running a small company, you need a good and simple printer, and you reach a website like this. Also scrolling down, don't really know which one to choose, but then, you know, find someone, someone here or a printer here that is highlighted, perfect for small businesses. Oh, sorry, that went a bit fast, um, but a little um, icon there, so you can work with that as well on mobile. And then another case here uh, around the same subject. Imagine that you work in a growing business and you want to buy an optimization workshop, but, you, but you're not sure which one to choose of these plans. This is actually an example from my own website a few years ago where I sold these optimization workshops. So I had this one day of usability testing and then another plan where I also had A-B testing in this uh, workshop. And I sold about 80% of the light plan and around 20% of the plus plan. But actually, I wanted to sell the plus plan. So I tried to do some different things. And I tried to add this little batch saying that this one, the light plan is for new businesses and the, growing, uh, the plus plan is for growing businesses. But I didn't really see any difference when I tested this on my website. And I did something 
quite different. I made a third plan that I called pull, where I, well, to be honest, I just added some extra goodies that I didn't really know how to kind of deliver. But my, my initial thought about this one was to make a plan that was more expensive so that the plus plan looked more affordable. And uh, when I tested this, I now sold 50% of the light plan instead of 80. And I sold 45% of the plus plan instead of 20. And actually, I also sold around 5% of the pool plan. So I need to figure out, you know, how to, to make this in some way. Um, so this, I think this is what you call a decoy when you add this on your website. Uh, and actually, I tested out some different things. I tried to highlight the one in the middle. I tried to reverse the order and nothing really happened about that. So in this case, what really made the, the tip of the conversion here was to add this extra plan so that we moved more of the traffic or, or the, the audience to the, to the plus plan in the middle. All right. So how to compete against the big fish? Takeaway number three, create no-brainers and assume your visitors are always in a hurry. And uh, if you want some more information about this online psychology kind of subjects, uh, these are some of my favorite books that I will definitely recommend. Okay, so I'm about halfway through my presentation now uh, on how to compete against the big fish. So I'll just summarize the, the first three um, takeaways here. So first, don't be an order receiver. Help and guide your visitors to find the right product. And second, know your customers and create real personas. And the last one, create no-brainers. Assume your visitors are always in a hurry. So what is this all about? Why are these cases working where small websites beat the big fish? Well, I believe it's because the smaller websites can easier be customer-centric. Like the story in the beginning about Skipochigan. Um, the problem about customer centricity is that 80% of uh, companies say they're customer centric, but only 8% of customers agree. Um, yeah, that's quite a bigger problem. Uh, and when I, when I, you know, when I think about customers being or companies being more customer centric, uh, I don't mean that, you know, you should just add another AB test where you test the color of the button. Uh, don't get me wrong, uh, Visual Website Optimizer or VWO, I love doing A-B tests. I just think that we should not do these very small tests with no you know, significant result in any way. So if it was up to me, I think we should just once for all kill these very small and fit stupid A-B tests and kill this hippo and then instead test, test something that really matters. No, when I think about customer-centric, I think the right way to approach that is to make a repeatable optimization process. Something that you can do again and again. So you're not just, you know, doing one test here and one test there and hope that everything, you know, is, is becoming better. Because I believe that if you optimize without having a process, you might as well go to the casino. And... Um, you know, there are different ways you can create this kind of optimization process, but uh, today I'll show you, I'll talk just a little bit about how we do this in Slicknode. So we have this repeatable process. It's three, three steps. And the first step is that we send out daily auto emails to uh, all our customers. 
Uh, and in this email, we, uh, we write this. Hi, Thomas. I really appreciate you joining us at Sleeknote. If you don't mind, I would love if you answer the five quick questions below. Just hit reply and let me know. It will really mean a lot. Thanks. First question. Where exactly did you first find out about us? So when you ask your customers this, you will learn uh, what your most valuable traffic sources are and not only last click. The next one, which other options did you consider before choosing us? When you ask this, you learn which competitors you actually compete against. And the next one, which questions did you have but couldn't find answers to before buying Sleeknote? When you ask this, you learn what information you're missing on your website. And the next one, uh, what's the one thing that nearly stopped you um, from buying from us? And when you ask this, you learn the most important reasons why people are not converting. Very, very valuable if you ask me. And the last one, how would you describe sleek notes to a friend or family member? When you ask this, you learn what words your customers use to describe their products. So I've been testing quite a lot of different questions in these auto emails. So if you want to test uh, some of these as well, uh, you can download uh, this document here in the, in the link. Um, these are the questions that we use at the moment, but uh, we test quite a lot of different ones. So uh, you might be able to find some questions there that match your business or maybe even make some new questions your own. Yes. Next step in this repeatable process, we do quarterly phone interviews. Um, I believe that if you don't regularly talk to customers, you lose the finger on the pulse. And you need that to create the best new features, the pricing structure, vision, product roadmap, et cetera, et cetera. So when we do these phone uh, interviews, which you know sounds very old school, there's just one goal, and that is to get to know our customers better. So not to sell anything or to pitch any new products or ideas, but just get to know them better. And when you do these phone interviews, you will learn that you'll learn how your customers' daily working lives are. You will learn what your customers are struggling with right now. And you will learn what your customers like about your service, product, or your website. You'll learn what your, what your customers don't like about your service, product, or website. And finally, you'll learn how your customers want your service, product, or website to improve. Also very, very valuable. So the last step here in this repeatable process is, well, my favorite one, I think. Uh, this is half yearly. We do user tests, or what it should be called usability tests, because we are not testing users, we're testing usability. And um, as you saw before, I'm actually, I've actually been teaching quite a lot of uh, do some workshops about usability testing. And what I experience when I do that is that people are really into uh, the idea of usability testing and they really like it and they, you know, they want to do it themselves. But then oftentimes when I talk to them or visit them maybe half a year later, this is kind of my experience that they run and run and run and boom, nothing happens. Nothing's really happening because, you know, I don't really know actually, or I didn't know until I begin to research because, you know, they really liked it at the workshop, but nothing happens. And, and how come? Then I figure out or, or I researched on this and found out that first of all, 
we need a really good script. That's really, really important. A good usability testing script. And second, it's really hard to find testers. So unfortunately today, I don't have time to elaborate a lot on how to find testers, but I've made this guide where you uh, can get some inspiration on how to find testers through your customers, partners on social media, coffee shops, physical stores, trains, and using even using employment agencies, stuff like that. You can download that guide here. But uh, what I just uh, want to talk just a little bit about is how to make a good script. Because I've been testing many different usability uh, testing scripts. Um, and, and this is kind of the agenda that works best uh, for me when I, when I test this on online stores. So in the beginning, we have some small talk. And here, um, the idea of doing this is actually to make the person feel comfortable with this situation. Um, so um, yeah, just you know, ask what they've been doing, where they're from, their age, stuff like that. And then we have an introduction. And here you can actually just copy paste my introduction because this is, this is general. You can use this in, in whatever usability testing case that you have. Um, and the, the, the idea of the introduction is that the person is, you know, you're making sure that the, the person feels that they are not being tested. It's the website that we're testing. So they cannot do anything. They can't do anything wrong here. And then the next is to make a quick scenario. It could be, it's very important that it's short and it could be like this. Uh, your bike was just stolen. You use your bike every day to work. So you'll need to purchase a new one immediately. Very short. So it's easy to remember. That's important. And then now, instead of taking the, 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 the person or the tester to your own website, what is really golden here in my perspective is to take them to Google. So now you, you ask them, you know, if you're about to buy this, uh, this bike, like in the scenario, what would you do now on Google? What search phrases would you use? And then they begin to type in on Google and then probably they'll read some of your competitors' websites. And then you could ask, you know, is this a waste of time? You know, why, why, why should I see how it's going on my competitors' websites? It should be on my own website. But the, the, the really interesting thing here is that after they have been on maybe two or three of your competitors' websites and you found out what's good and bad on their websites, you can take them to your own website. And, and here now, instead of just, you know, these people are telling you what's working on your website and what's good and what's bad, they tell you that what's, what's good and bad compared to the competitors. So are your competitors doing something really smart that you should consider doing on your own website? Or are they, you know, having some, some products that you should have, or are you just, you know, performing a lot better on all, um, or competing um, uh, on, against your competitors? So this is really, really valuable to get them to the competitors' websites first and then to your website. And then you can give them some tasks. Uh, you can also ask some final questions, all that. All right, so you can see here the links here just below the usability test script, the text in the top. Uh, there's some links to the script and also um, a checklist that you, can, uh, that you can download so you know you're, you're set up when you're about to do your own usability testing. So when you do usability, usability test, you'll learn the most critical, critical usability issues on your website. You'll learn why people click on specific Google search results, and you'll learn how potential customers compare you to your competitors. And remember when you do this, that you need to learn how customers behave and what they need. In other words, 
focus on their problem, not their suggested solution. I'll just say that one more time. Focus on their problem, not their suggested solution. That's, that's really important. And also when you do usability tests, remember that the best usability tests leave you in tears. So just to prepare you for what you're into here, if you haven't done this before, this will probably be you before the usability test begins. We've just launched the new website. What can possibly go wrong? And then this will be you when the usability test begins. I love that little fellow. And this will be your, this is you when the usability test is over. And your developers, when you pass the results from the usability test, come on, did you test with monkeys? Sure, that's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> and your developers, when you tell them that you will now do usability testing regularly, it's going crazy, that little monkey. And this is when you go from being best friends to worst enemies. So now you're prepared for what you're into when you're going, you know, beginning with these uh, usability testing. All right. So just to summarize uh, the last process here, the repeatable optimization process. So all two emails every day, we send that out. If you got a lot of customers, you can send them out to, I don't know, 5% of them or 10%. You know, that's up to you and the business that you run. Every quarter we do the phone interviews and uh, half yearly we do the usability testing. All right, so I'm soon about to end my presentation here, but as I promised in the beginning, you will be able to download all my slides uh, on this URL, sneaknote.com slash VWO. Um, I don't know what that character is in English and webinar 2019. Um, yes, and also feel free to email me directly if you got any questions or anything you want me to elaborate on or whatever. Uh, and then also just in the end here, remember that if you want to get intelligent and non-intrusive pop-ups on your website, you can try out Sleek Notes. Of course, I'm not saying that you should buy Sleek Notes. I'm just, you know, I'm not a salesman, not at all. No, 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 no. I'm not selling anything here. I'm just saying you could consider trying Sleek Notes. All right, I'm just taking some water here. Right, so. Don't be an order receiver. Don't try to compete on free delivery and free returns and even bigger selection or Facebook likes. Instead, try to be customer centric and create this repeatable optimization process. And if you do that, I'm sure you will be able to beat the big fish. Thank you, Moens, for sharing these wonderful insights. And thank you, folks, for sticking with us throughout this episode. Now it's your turn to take action. Implement these game-changing strategies and let us know what impact it had on your business. Also share this episode with anyone who could benefit from these insights. And don't forget to check out the other fascinating conversations that we've had with industry experts. Before you go, make sure to hit that follow button so that you don't miss a single episode of the VWO podcast. That's a wrap from our side. Until next time, 